I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 467. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. As we get started today, I recognize engaging God's Word for yourself can feel daunting. And while our featured song will give us fresh inspiration as to where to study, the episode guide will give you the interaction tools you need to dig in. Grab your episode 467 guide at michellenizette.com forward slash 467 download. And if you've already subscribed to my email list, this guide is already in your inbox, ready to help you discover and meditate on God's Word in new ways. In December 2019, I used a song by Anna Miriam Brown from her musical, His Story, The Musical. And I discovered the musical because my then 12-year-old daughter had discovered it and loved the Hamilton music vibe it had. And on Friday, I actually had the privilege of having Anna on Friday with friends to talk about her love of God's word and the story behind the musical and the song that we're going to use as inspiration today was the word. So if you follow the podcast or subscribe to my email list, you may have already heard my interview, but if you missed it, you can find it at michellenizette.com forward slash Anna Miriam Brown. So before we jump into scripture, let's listen. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. The word was sent to save a sinning, running frenzied lost, to heal the brokenhearted and to make things right. The darkness dawns a light. This isn't just a story of men coming to the light and then putting their life in God's hands. No, this is his story of the truth and a life. And the way that God came to man. Cause he up his glory, giving up his throne, doing what he's never done before, so that he could write me a story and then give me a home, and then show me that there's so much this musical is really exciting to me, and I hope that you check out my interview with Anna and consider making a trip to Texas to go see it, because it is playing live now on um, under a Broadway tent in the colony, Texas. It is definitely on my list to go see it as well. But maybe musicals aren't your thing, or Hamilton-style musicals aren't your thing. We can still use this song to launch us into scripture. In fact, let's go ahead and hear the story of how this song came about in the words of Anna Miriam Brown. And so I kind of just started with scripture and I decided that the first verse would be creation. I was like, John and Genesis both start kind of the same way. So I'm going to use kind of that as a reference. And so um, I started with Genesis and I, and I just told the Genesis story the best I could with just rhymes and raps and lyrics. And, um, and then, then have this part where, I think it, I think it's the father singing about how he's going to send his son to be the advocate, to take the place of the people, you know, and to mend what Adam and Eve sin did and, and draw the people back to him. 
And then part two of the song, the second verse, is based off of John, the first chapter in John, and is about how the word came to earth and he and he gave up his his throne and all this stuff so that he could come and become a man and um, come save the people. And then the second the second chorus is Jesus singing about how he's, um, you know, like a lover desperate for his love. He's going to fight to free us and all this um, just just the gospel. And then it goes in the, in the bridge, it's the people singing, you know, the walls between us, they're floor bound. This is what he has in store now, before now our image has been torn down. So we have to wait for the advocate to take our place. And it's like the cry of the people and of the Jews crying out, waiting for the one who's gonna, who's going to heal what was broken in the beginning. So based on what Anna just said, uh, we could go to Genesis and John and just spend our time there. I did that, but I also slipped in Colossians into my study time as well. So I teach a, a session in a class at my church on Christology, which is the study of Christ. This song could be a soundtrack for that session. You know, there's just so much good stuff in the lyrics. They're going to le- mean so much more when you read the text of scripture for yourself that these lyrics are reflecting. And so I encourage you to always do that. Let the song inspire you to go read and study and then use this the song to remind you of all that you've read and studied. So the song starts in Genesis. So that's where we're going to start as well. In Genesis chapter one and the first few verses of chapter two contain the account of creation. And so in Genesis 1, 1 through 5, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Now, take your time as you read the creation account. That was just the first few verses. As I said, it goes all the way into the first few verses of chapter two. And so I want you to take the bite of slowing down. Now, bite stands for Bible Interaction Tool Exercise, and slowing down is a bite I usually have to pair with other bites in order to accomplish for myself. So Genesis chapter one is often where people start when they're tackling reading through the Bible, um, Genesis 1 seems well known. And so if to slow down and see what details you may have overlooked the last time you interacted with the text might be a bit of a challenge. And when I say interacted, it's because I want us to move beyond just reading the text. Although if that's all you do, I'd be thrilled because many of us struggle with a regular habit of reading scripture for ourselves. Uh, but what if you could incorporate a few new habits to really engage with scripture in new ways? So I'm going to throw out a few bites that you can try. All of these will mean that you are also taking the bite of slowing down. So try taking the bite of reading the text out loud. Uh, This is a surefire way for me to focus when I find myself reading paragraphs over and over because I get distracted or when I find myself skimming, which is most common when I think I'm familiar with the text. So to slow down, uh, I would read the text out loud. Well, try taking the bite of writing out scripture. Now, I, I know this may actually feel a little bit like busy work. I've done this a couple of ways, either by writing out the text by hand or by typing it. Yeah, I mean, just straight up copying the text by hand or typing out the text. 
This helps me slow down. And sometimes I see things I miss when I am merely reading. Um, the handwritten actually works better for me because I'm a pretty good, pretty fast typist. But either way, it just it engages your brain in a little bit different way. Now, one more bite that might also help you take the bite of slowing down is to use your imagination. And this is especially helpful in Genesis chapter one. Use your imagination to picture what it might have looked like for the earth to be without form and void. Uh, there was already water and darkness and there was already God and the spirit of God, which leads me to my next bite, meditation. And when I tell you that I want you to meditate on scripture, I mean that I want you to let it roll around in your mind a bit. You know, Eastern meditation says to empty your mind and scriptural meditation is to fill it with God's word. So look at it from a variety of directions. Really think about what you're reading. This might mean reading and meditating on each creation day, one day at a time. You could take the next seven days and consider the days of creation, one on each day of the next seven days, for example. Uh, Write it out, meditate on it, imagine the scene. How light is the light? How green is the grass? What birds do you see? Turn these meditations into prayer of thanksgiving for creation around you. Uh, So in the beginning, God created. But in the beginning, God was. So God is eternal. He's always been and he always will be. And Genesis 1 tells us that God was there and the spirit was there. But it's in John chapter one that we see the son was there too. And of course he was, God is one, three persons in one divine being. But it's not immediately obvious if you only read Genesis 1-1. So let's turn to John chapter one and spend some time there. John chapter one verses one and two says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. This is one of the most profound verses to begin to unwrap the mystery of the Trinity. And of course, the word Trinity not showing up in Scripture, but it's all over Scripture that the Father is not the Son or the Spirit. The Son is not the Father or the Spirit, and the Spirit is not the Father or the Son, but they are all one God, three in one. I know, even as I say it out loud, the mystery remains, right? But it is a glorious mystery. And we're going to discover as we keep reading that the word, this logos, which is the Greek word for word here in the original text, is the son. This is talking about Jesus. And he was in the beginning with God. He was with God and he was God. Again, this glorious mystery, but one worthy of meditating on. So where do we discover that the word is Jesus? Well, it's when we keep reading in John chapter 1. It's also rich. I really don't want to rush ahead by sharing John 1.14, but sometimes when I'm reading books, I skip ahead to grab the payoff and then back up and read the unveiling more slowly. So here's the payoff in verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus is the word and the word was in the beginning with God and the word was God. Now, don't whisk by these truths. Meditate on them. Think about this deeply. Maybe you take for granted that this is your understanding of things without thinking deeply about what it all means. You don't need me to tell you what to think about this. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you a deeper understanding than you had before about these truths. And he He'll have uh, ability to do that if you give him the chance by asking and also by meditating on these ideas. 
Uh, You will never arrive, my friend. There is always more of God than you previously understood or experienced. Use this podcast to inspire you to wade into deeper waters. Let the Lord take you by the hand into these deeper waters. I know that you haven't been able to do what I've done yet, you know, so I've said, take, you know, one day at a time and and ponder Genesis 1, you know, unless you pause the podcast here and then go and do that for a week and then begin to read and interact with John chapter 1 and do that maybe even for a week. But I do want to point out some parallels here. In Genesis chapter 1, even just what we've talked about today, God's first creative words to bring the heavens and earth into being was to call forth light. He said, let there be light. And when we back up from that big payoff in verse 14 and we go back to the top of John chapter 1, what do we see? We see light. Let's read um, from verse 1 through verse 9. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Did you see it? Light, but not just light, but life. And what I had been slowly meditating on in Genesis 1 was life coming into existence. And here in the word, in Jesus, in the Son, is life and light. He is the source of life and light. You know, not just metaphorically speaking, but literally all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. So life was made through him, all life plant life, the animal life, the marine life, the life of the man made in his image, all of it. Light was made through him. The separation of the light from the darkness, the day was created through him. The lights in the expanse of the sky was created by him. The two great lights, the sun and the moon was made through him. So at the creation of all things, Jesus was the life and light. And at the new creation, Jesus is the life and light. The spiritual death brought upon all mankind through Adam and Eve's sin is about to be overcome by the one who was there in the beginning. So let's keep reading verse 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. This is a story of two beginnings. The first beginning began in darkness. The second beginning 
also begins in darkness. Uh, Consider the words of Jesus, John chapter 3. We're going to start in in a familiar verse, 16, but we're going to read all the way through verse 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. The light has come and people love the darkness rather than the light. And if you are still in darkness, come to the light, my friend. If you are afraid of the darkness, take heart. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, this parallel gives you a unique opportunity to take the bite of compare and contrast. Perhaps you compare that with the bite of uh, journaling your thoughts. So if you take as much time with John chapter 1 as you did with Genesis chapter 1, you're going to be about two weeks into your deeper interactions with Scripture. Then maybe take another week to consider the par- parallels or maybe uh, maybe just a day, but an extended period of time. Meditate on what you uncover. Let the thoughts roll around in your mind. Talk about them with your friends. And before we wrap up, I wanted to touch on Colossians 1 and why I spent time there as well. Simply put, it was because of its reference to darkness. So consider verse 13 of chapter 1. He, the Father, has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. So we've been delivered from the domain of darkness, but not just delivered. We have been transferred into the kingdom of of light. We were trapped and now we're delivered because of the word, capital W, who became flesh and dwelt among us. There's so much more to chew on here about darkness and thus about light. And it's all so beautiful. But as I read a little more of the context around this verse, I just straight up learned more about the word, uh, Jesus, that I meditated on. And that's how it goes. You know, it doesn't have to fit into this nice little box. Chase the rabbit so that God can meet you in the wonder-filled wanderings of chasing these different trails through Scripture. So Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, He, the Father, has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He, the Son, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him... All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. There's a phrase in this section of scripture that just draws me in. It's it's, he is before all things and in him all things hold together. This is consistent with our ponderings about Jesus being there in the beginning. So we're not wandering too far, right? I said I was going to chase a little rabbit, but we're not going off that that far. But there's this beautiful idea that the sun is light and life. He, He has no beginning or end. 
And so he was light and life before he created life and light. Uh, But in Christ, all things are held together also. And so risking throwing another theme into the mix, I just want to share one last thought, and then you can head off to scripture and explore it for yourself. But Albert Walters, in his book, Creation Regained, talks about the heresy that we can dispense with God's creating activity once the clock of the cosmos has been wound up and set ticking. And so it's kind of an easy thing to picture, right? It's a wrong image, of course, but you can see how some people view God as the one who created everything, wound up the clock of creation, and we're just waiting for the time to run out. And Walters goes on to clarify, the fact is that the same creator God and the same sovereign power that called the cosmos into existence in the beginning has kept that cosmos in existence from moment to moment to this very day. Colossians says, in him, all things hold together. You know, he didn't wind up the clock and is now just waiting it out. No, in Christ, all things hold together. The creator of all things has keeping power. And we could go on and on learning more about the word. And I hope you do get lost in the life and light of Christ. So what's next? Read and meditate on Genesis chapter one. By whatever means necessary, slow down and take your time. And then read and meditate on John chapter one. Take your time here as well. Before you jump to making comparisons between these two areas of scripture, use the same techniques to slow down and meditate on John chapter one. Then after you have slowly processed your interaction with these two areas of scripture, ask God to reveal the common threads between the two and what he might be showing you. And as you consider the themes of life and light that are found in these areas of scripture, consider how Colossians chapter one describes the actions of the father through the son on our behalf. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. You can email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. You can hop on Twitter or Instagram at michellekneezat. My public Facebook page is michellekneezat, and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network. You can check out other podcasts in the network and Christian music resources at newreleasetoday.com. And don't forget to grab that episode guide at michellekneezat.com forward slash 467 download. And with that in mind, I want to thank my newest subscribers who have subscribed lately, like Lorene from New Zealand, Beth from Texas, Maricela from Nevada, Lisa from Texas, Reba from Missouri, Molly from North Dakota, Neil from Australia, Nicole from Australia, Celine from Alabama, Sherry from Alberta, Canada, Melissa from Indiana, BW from Ohio, Elaine from California, Julie from Texas, and Jenna from Texas. Welcome. And don't forget, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneezat.com through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. And if you haven't left a review yet, do that today by heading over to lovethepodcast.com forward slash more than a song. Just like Nurse Nikki 76, who writes, just found this podcast. You very thoroughly analyze popular modern Christian songs and use scriptures to back up your statements. All I have to say is hallelujah, praise God, God bless your ministry abundantly. Nikki, what a gift that my offering of this podcast led you to praise. Soli Deo Gloria, to God's glory alone, I join you in your hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next time, I will be featuring For the Love of God by Andrew Ripp to dive into scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellenizat.com forward slash 467. And don't forget to catch my special Friday with Friends edition of More Than a Song uh, with Anna Miriam Brown wherever you listen to podcasts. Or you can head over to michellenizat.com forward slash Anna Miriam. Brown. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.